it wasn't like oh you've got cancer but we can we can fix it it was like oh you there's there's nothing we can do all I could think about at that point was that I was going to lose you and I didn't really know how long that we had together you know it sort of felt like it could be a matter of weeks or just a few months You are listening to a Ruth Millington Extreme Holidays podcast. Extreme stories from extraordinary destinations as told by intrepid world travellers. Presented by travel writer and adventure junkie Ruth Millington. Welcome to the Extreme Holidays podcast Christmas Appeal. I'm Ruth Millington, the creator and host. And I'm joined today by the remarkable Hawana Flores Vegas and Hannah Scott. You'll probably recognise them both. I spoke with Hawana about her brave sailing adventures in episode 19 and Hannah for her remarkable cycling feats in episode 2. Hawana and Hannah were married in October 2021, but a few months later, Hawana received the devastating news that she had stage 4 bowel cancer. They're here with me today to discuss the news and the extreme challenge that Hawana is facing and how you can help. Thank you both for coming on the show. Hello. Thank you to call us. Before we discuss your diagnosis, how did you both meet? Um, It was in February 2019 uh, in New Zealand and I was cycling around New Zealand on my art project and Juana was sailing around the world and was also cycling around New Zealand because she was waiting for the winds to get back into season to take her on from New Zealand. Um, Very, very romantic. And uh, she happened to be cycling in the same uh, location that I was in and we bumped into each other um, in a campsite in uh, Queenstown in New Zealand and got chatting. She passed me first. I was I was arriving to the campsite and and then she passed me and then she say hello. <laughs> I say hello. <laughs> Hawana, you've been diagnosed with stage four bowel cancer. Can you explain more about this type of cancer and how you came to being diagnosed? Yes, um, this this cancer is is called. Um, Metastatic, metastatic bowel cancer with cucumber tumor, ascites and peritoneal deposit in the in my abdomen. A few months before my diagnosis, I felt um, a lump in my utero, and then I called to the GP and he said that's cyst. Uh, they made a scan and they say, oh, you have very big uh, big cyst, and then they said we are going to operate, and it's no cancer. So five weeks after when I went to the operation, they aborted the operation because they saw I was full of cancer. And then, and then they took a piece of the, the, the thing for the biopsy. And then the doctor came and he said, I'm sorry we didn't take the cyst out, you have cancer. I am, and then I was devastated, but like, ah, it cannot be possible, cannot be possible. And he said, yes, it is possible. Um, because we were, it was Christmas time that time as well, um, and so every, everyone went holi- on holiday, so we didn't know anything else. And then two months after, is it was when they told us it was uh, a, a cancer, an operable. They gave me a treatment, a chemotherapy for six months. You're 47 and you're very fit. 
Is this type of cancer occur in someone so young? No, normally this cancer is uh, have uh, people with uh, after sixty years old or something like that. That why that why uh, for me they 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 didn't check because me for example I I have pain in my right side like maybe six seven years ago and then I went to the hospital and and they say no you just go back home and take paracetamol you know. And say, but look, I got pain. And they say, yeah, but you don't have very high fever or something. You don't have to come here to the emergency. You just have paracetamol. And two years ago, uh, happened the same. I have pain again. And I went to the hospital and they didn't see anything, you know. But they did scan, didn't they? They did a scan, but they didn't see anything. And I said, okay, that's fine. I have paras- they say, I have paracetamol. So I told them, I'm cycling and all these things. And they say, oh, this is muscle. This is muscle pain, you know. So do they think that you could have had this cancer for quite a long time? Yeah, we've heard that it could have been something that Juana might have had developing for up to 10 years um, and something that ha- that has developed very slowly. Um, and it's, it's very aggressive cancer, they say. Well, it is now. It is now. Yeah. So I think the idea is that it can start off quite slowly, but when it gets, you know, when it goes past being a stage two or stage three cancer, this particular kind of cancer that Juana has seems to be quite rare, which they've they've identified that by the type of um, cancer cell that they can see under the microscope, which is something called a signet ring cell. Um, and they've actually said that although they've diagnosed it as a colorectal cancer, they actually think that it's probably from the appendix um, or even um, possibly um, a primary cancer from the peritoneum. So we don't know, though. We don't, we don't know, know what the primary is. We don't um, know, and they don't know. And they don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's been a, something that, I, that they think that Juan has probably had for a long time, um, but unfortunately they only got to the bottom of what it was um, when she went for the operation, um, having had you know multiple trips to the, the doctor and to the hospital and having had MRI scans and CT scans which didn't pick up anything at all and it was only when they actually opened her up to to remove what they thought was an ovarian cyst and found that they could see with their their eyes um, that they found that she was completely full of cancer Um, and she had cancer you have cancer on your peritoneum which is the the membrane the lining of the abdomen um, on the uterus um, on the vagina um, and on the intestine Um, and it's it's sort of the it's, it's not there's not a, a solid mass I don't think I think they've this is part of the problem and one one of the reasons why they've said that it's in, incurable and inoperable it's sort of spread like a, a bit like an algae or something you know it's sort of um it's not something that they can just take out easily um in one go oh I this must have been a, a real shock for you or shock for you both you know you've been cycling the world you were going off to on these new adventures, and suddenly you're faced with this very extreme and personal challenge. How are you feeling in yourself? Not very good. <laughs> um, uh, I felt when, when they told me, I felt devastated. You know, like like I'm going to die or something like that. And, you know, I, it was like oh, I don't want to die. It cannot be possible. And then... Um, it was a big uh, shock how they yeah, told Yeah, it was a big shock, it? yeah. Exactly. when they told Juana, um, it was when she came round from the operation. And so she was, you know, still under the influence of having had the general anaesthetic. And that was the first thing they told her. And uh, she was on her own in the recovery room. 
um, and um, and suddenly told from having been told that, no, you don't have cancer to actually yes, you do have cancer and it's really bad. Yeah. Like five weeks ago, they say I don't have cancer. Five weeks after, they say I got <laughs> cancer, um, and I fe- and I felt very very that very devastated, you know, very. But at the same time, um, I, I I have to 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 get strong to get strength. To, to be positive, you know, and with Hannah it was okay, we will pass through it, we will, we will look for treatment, for alternative things, you know, alternative treatment, and then we are not going to keep only, stay only with one word or one daughter, you know, we, we are going to search for more things. Hannah, Hawana was diagnosed a few months after you were married. What impact has this had upon your relationship and your travels? Well, it's obviously put absolutely everything on hold. I mean, we um, got married in October of last year and this all started happening at around about that time. And it was sort of two weeks after we actually got married that Juana started to feel um, a little bit uncomfortable in her tummy. Um, and we were we were actually away in, in Spain at that point. And by the time we came back, her tummy had started expanding and filling up with this liquid, which is called acetase, which is a malignant liquid that comes mm, yeah. um, and fills the abdomen. And um, and so things, you know, started to fall apart very, very quickly. So, you know, it's completely changed everything. I mean, obviously, before we had plans to, to carry on travelling, we've been waiting um, for the pandemic um, to sort of come, you know, a bit more in control so that we could go away and continue with the, the journeys that we were on before. Um, and our plan had been to head back towards Nepal, uh, which is where we left off in 2020 when when we were flown back in the middle of the first uh, lockdown. <laughs> and, uh, so our plan had been to to uh, to continue that journey. Um, but obviously we've had to put absolutely everything in hold because, um, you know, finding a, a stage four cancer, it's not, um, you know, it's affected Juana f- really physically. She hasn't had any energy at all. Um, and she's been in some pain and been in some discomfort. Um, and so it's completely changed our lives, hasn't it? Uh, yeah. We haven't been able to go out of the house very much or um, even, you know, now obviously restaurants and things and, um, you know, are back open and the world is sort of turning again. But actually for us, um, the pandemic situation has sort of carried on because once you start taking chemotherapy, you need to be very careful that you don't, uh, yeah. you know, ca- catch any bugs, particularly with COVID. You know, it's really important that Juana doesn't um, doesn't pick up uh, COVID or, or anything else for that matter because obviously with chemotherapy, your immune system um is is compromised um and that can be a big risk so we've basically spent um the whole the whole time since the beginning of the pandemic in the house and that continues um so our relationship is i mean i wouldn't say it suffered because you know <laughs> luckily we've got a, a really good and a really strong friendship and um and a, and a, and a strong love and so that's you know that's fine but you know we're not doing the things that we want to do and i think that's the hardest yeah. thing for juana because she wants to be strong and to be the person that she was and to be out there. She's a very active person. Yeah, I feel, I feel like um, prisoner of my of my illness, you know, because I'm not free for anything. I cannot make plan even to go to have a coffee with with friend or anything because sometimes I, now I'm good and maybe in ten minutes I start to have a strong pain in my utero or you know I feel very weak or so I I, I cannot make plan or. 
You're also an artist, Hannah, and part of your fundraising appeal to help with uh, Hawana's condition is a exhibition which you did, which features Hawana. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? Yeah, so over the summer, when Hawana was on her first round of chemotherapy, um, we put um, a submission in for an exhibition um, and got accepted, and we made a gigantic oil painting together. Um, and it was a really nice um, process to go through. And it was based on a trip that we'd been on straight after the, we got married. We went to Spain and we went to this place called Hoya, um, which is in Andalusia, which is where Juana is from, the area of Spain that Juana is from. Um, and we were there for two weeks on this artist residency. And so I thought it was really nice if we did um, something together, because, again, you know, spending time together... I think is really important and having something that we could make and do together I thought was really important and I thought it was also really important to try to have something that Juana could do that would take her mind off you know everything else that was happening so kind of almost like an art therapy so we set about um, over a couple of months uh, making this painting it's it's uh, sort of almost I think four four and a half meters long and a, a meter and a half tall so it's quite a, a large canvas. We made the oil painting um, based on um, the walks that we went on in Hoya in Spain. Um, and we tried to recreate that here by going on walks uh, locally because that was something that was really important to Juana um, to keep moving and to keep physically strong whilst going through chemotherapy. And we used the walks as um, as a physical sort of... Um, fitness um, but also as a, an opportunity to talk um, and we recorded our conversations um, so the exhibition featured the painting alongside this installation this audio recording of us talking about what had happened um, and about Juana's uh, cancer diagnosis um, and about some of the other things that happened along that journey. And here's a clip from the exhibition. All I could think about at that point was that I was going to lose you and I didn't really know how long that we had together. You know, it sort of felt like it could be a matter of weeks or just a few months. Yeah, me, me started saying I was going to die, but in one moment I said, no, I'm to die. I don't want to die. Yeah. But you can, sometimes you cannot control your thinkings. I I just thought the worst, you know. I was so scared. (laughs) Yeah. Every time you have the chemotherapy, you have like a a day or two days where you feel very down. And and sometimes, even though you're positive for the whole of the other times throughout each two weeks, there's that that day where you have a bit of a cry and you feel like... Everything's too too difficult. Yeah. And you always say to me, I don't want to be in this situation, I want to be strong. Because it's difficult. Be so weak. Can you tell me more about your appeal? Yeah, so we are trying to raise um some money to cover the costs of Juana's treatment. Um, so just first of all to say that um, obviously Juana has been treated through through the NHS on social security, um, but unfortunately the um, the surgery and treatment that she needs is not being made available to her um, through the NHS. So we've had to go and search for alternative options. Um, 
the treatment that she's going to have is going to be um, an operation in Madrid. Um, and for that, we need uh, to, uh, to we need to raise fifty three thousand euros. So that's three thousand euros for a laparoscopy, which is a kind of um, exploratory uh, camera that they put inside you in a keyhole surgery. Um, and with that, they will be looking to see how much uh, cancer burden is present on Juana's peritoneum. Um, and based on the outcome of that, they will do one of two things. So if they're if they're able to, they will do. Uh, a very big operation called HIPEC, um, which is hyperthermic intraperitoneal chemotherapy. And what that means is that they will open her up um, and they will um, um, they will cut out as much of the cancer that, as they can, that they can see, everything that they can see and take out, they will take out. So that will be removing the uterus, the ovaries, the fallopian tubes, any part of her bowels that have um, tumours on and her peritoneum uh, that has tumours on. And then following that, they fill the abdomen with a liquid heated chemotherapy and they kind of close you up and leave it in there for a couple of hours and shake you around like a cocktail um, and then take it all out again and, and close you up properly. Um, so it's a really big operation uh, that takes about 12 or 13 hours and it's very, very invasive and will take uh, some time for, for Juana to re- recover from that. Um, now, if they can't do that, um, if they if they think that the cancer burden is too high, then what they will do is something similar but less invasive called PIPAC. And this is um, something that here in the UK is still under trial. Um, and we were trying very hard to get Juana onto a trial, but it hasn't unfortunately um, materialised. Um, but in uh, in Spain, it's being offered as a standard treatment. Um, so this essentially is, is it's the same idea, but without the sort of cytoreductive surgery of cutting everything out. So that using keyhole surgery, they put uh, a pressurised aerosol chemotherapy, which then covers and directly targets the, the tumour on, on top of the peritoneum and within the abdomen. Um, and that is kind of left within the abdomen for half an hour. Um, <clears throat> and then that's it. And that's repeated um three times um, over a period of uh, over a period of two to three months so every sort of six to eight weeks they do the same operation and the idea is that because the chemotherapy is directly targeting the tumor and directly touching the tumor that it's much stronger um so it has much a much larger effect on shrinking the tumors down it is less uh, risky because it doesn't go into your bloodstream and affect the rest of your body um, but the outcome, hopefully, will be that that will shrink everything down so that in, say, two to three months, they're then in a position to, to do the very, very big operation um, to remove everything and, and, and hopefully get everything out. Basically, to cover all of those costs um, is €53,000, and that's what we're aiming to, to raise. So how can people donate? Um, so we have a GoFundMe uh, webpage. Um, which is, if you search on GoFundMe for Help Juana Live, you should be able to find it. Um, the painting is for sale. It's quite a big painting, so anyone who's <laughs> interested in buying it needs a really big wall. <laughs> and it's a very beautiful painting. But it's a very beautiful painting. Um, but I'm I'm probably going to um, make some limited edition prints based on that that will be available. Um, and the money that, um, that we make from selling those prints will go towards Juana's treatment as well. But keep, keep your eyes uh, on my website and, uh, and you'll see when they're, when they're ready. Juana's first operation is on Saturday, so that's the 10th of December. 
And so we're, we're quite desperate to, to raise enough funds to, to cover um, that and to, to, to see through the process. Thank you both of you for coming on the show and I wish you the best of luck. Thank, Thank you. you, Ruth. Thanks Thank for having you us. Really much. If you'd like to help, please consider donating to their GoFundMe page. It's called Help Hawana Live. Further details are in the show notes. And also check out Hawana's exhibition at www.hannascott.com. The exhibition is called Short Walks in an Ideal Mediterranean Forest. If anyone wishes to purchase or has any contacts so that Hannah can exhibit the work, please do get in touch. Thanks for joining me today. I wish you all a wonderful Christmas and see you next episode. Listening to a Ruth Millington Extreme Holidays podcast. Extreme stories from extraordinary destinations as told by intrepid world travelers. Find out more at ruthmillingtonauthor.com or search online using Ruth Millington Extreme Holidays. Ruth Millington's Extreme Holidays podcast is sponsored by HelpYouFind.me, a secure yet simple way to share private data for use in emergency situations that is end-to-end, encrypted and accessible only by you and the people you choose to share it with. Perfect for the extreme traveller. Find out more at HelpYouFind.me forward slash Extreme 10 and get a 10% discount when you sign up. Details are also in the show notes.